Christoph and then was and Patrick Grassley. Keep it moving with our friends from the States. Please introduce yourself. Dre, go ahead, Dre. Trace Sinatra, repping LA, baby, made the switch to Twitch, you feel me? <laughs> what up, DJ Franzen, AKA Friend of Lay Bay, representing Las Vegas, by the way, the Bay Area. And uh, yeah, we got this movement on Twitch going crazy right now. La Familia. I see. Yep. I see you guys, you guys are nonstop. Is that the new, is that the new thing now? The new light, light stream? I think, I think it is. I mean, I've been on for a month. Dre has been on for three weeks and man, it's been, it's been a hell of a ride. You know, I mean, four weeks into it, people from all over the world are tuned in. You know, people used to listen to me on the radio when I was on the radio in the Bay Area in the nineties are tuning in. It's just, just a collection of just different people from different generations and different parts of the world. It's so exciting to just play music that we actually love and people accept it, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's the. No, I'm gonna say one thing about the Twitch thing. Like, for some of us, we were on IG. Some people was doing good on Instagram as far as numbers. It's like, some people was just like, whatever. And I felt like my numbers was whatever. And then once <laughs> friends got me motivated to get on this Twitch, it's crazy. It was like, I've been telling them it's kind of like a second, like, like a second start, you know what I mean? Where like, I feel like I'm starting all over again, but I'm motivated. And when I do come DJ, like I have that hunger and like I have that passion again, because the people that are on Twitch are so passionate. Like they made yeah. me want to be even more passionate about it because there's people that are really listening with us for anywhere from four to nine hours, 10 hours, 14 hours at a time. Like they're going to go on the ride with us. So it makes me That's more, like a real more hungry time to DJ. In it. Say it again. I said, that's like a real stretch of time. Like people just like staying like locked in. Not for real. So like I've been telling people like there might only be two, 200 people, 100 people in the chat sometimes, but those 200 people feel like 2,000, 20,000 people the way they're so passionate and the way they go so hard, like damn, and it makes me want to go that much harder because I know they look forward. There's people that set their alarms, people that don't sleep for 24 hours just to listen to us. So you got to take that to occur consideration and that shit makes me want to go harder yeah and it's and it's people from all over the world right so you have different time zones and stuff like i'll do it from vegas at 9 p.m you know in london in the uk it's what it's five in the morning the majority of you guys are sleeping out there right but yeah. it's crazy because i still have listeners in london i have listeners in leeds i have listeners in in manchester um, listeners in Birmingham, crazy shit. Know. Like people from all over the UK or even so. Australia too, man. Like oh yeah, Australia, Switzerland, they love, they love Australia. Uh, I think we all love Australia. Yeah, um, well, we, love, we already had that conversation. Australia. I've never been. I've never been to Australia, so I'm oh, excited. Oh, you go, go. That shit, it's a special place. Yeah, we're gonna have so, to do something. So, so let's take it a bit back because we know you guys, you know, personally and professionally. But for the listeners that have heard about you guys. How do you guys get in the game? And, and just a little recap of how you guys built your business. We can start with whoever wants to start. Dre? Dre, go ahead. Let Franny go, because Franny's the, Franny's the legend. I'm gonna let the legend Franny go. is definitely legend. <laughs> All right, well, um, I basically got my start in 1990. 
1990, I was an intern at a radio station in the Bay Area called KML. And I was 13 years old when I got my, my foot in that door when I started my internship. So the passion for music was always there. You know, I grew up, I grew up around music all my life. My mom played anything from Stevie Wonder to Whitney Houston to Filipino music to, you know, to Queen to, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, she even played Sade. She had a, just a wide variety of music. And then my dad bought me turntables when I was 12 years old, right? So the love for music was always there. Once I got my foot in that radio station, I worked my way up. You know, I did whatever I had to do as a teenager. You know, you're hungry, you're still in high school. And these people that are, are in high school with you are doubting you saying, oh, you're wasting your time at the radio station when really I was setting myself up the whole time, you know? Um, and actually, so I got there when I was 13. By the time I was 15, I started mixing on the air already. So you have a 15-year-old DJ on one of the biggest radio stations in the United States. I mean, regardless, I, it was three o'clock in the morning, but hey, I was still on one of the biggest radio stations in the world, right? It was um, pretty much the number two station, right? Like yeah, it was. Yeah. The number two station in the country. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Next um, to, next to uh, was they kind you to check at that time? Right next to Hot 97. Actually, we had one up on Hot 97 because, to be honest with you, uh, KML is the one who started all the summer jams. If you ever heard about the summer jam, uh, all the radio oh, stations, they do a summer jam. Well, we started yeah. that shit in the Bay Area back uh, actually in the late 80s. So wow. that's where that started. So by the time I was 16, I had got my own show. Like I was on the radio at 16. I was on the radio six nights a week. So at that time, I was like, you know what? I got to take this radio thing serious. So I took independent studies going to school, you know, twice a week because because I wanted to take it, you know, serious. By the time I was mm -hmm. 18, I was on the radio every day, but it made a difference because I had a TV show now. I had a TV show that was on five days a week. That's why so many people from the Bay Area know, know who I am. They can identify the voice with the face because I was on TV five days a week, you know, in the afternoon. People would, basically, I was on TV at 3 p.m. You know, kids would get out of school at 2 o'clock and would get home just to watch these videos, right? Because you got to think, back in the 90s, you had no Apple Music, you had no Title Spotify, no YouTube, no Napster, no BearShare, none of that shit. So you would either have to really buy, you would have to buy the music, or yeah. you would have to listen to the radio station or watch MTV, BET, or yeah. any video station, you know? Um, and then to make a long story short, my career in, in Bay Area, you know, lasted for 11 years, moved to Vegas in 2001, and it's 2020 now, and I've been here ever since. So this actually, this year marks my 30th year in the music industry. Wow, incredible. What would you say like was your drive to stay in the business? Cause I'm sure you've recapped it so quick, but I'm sure there's loads of struggles oh. and there's loads of doubt and there's people pulling you other ways. And Guaranteed. how did you sustain all that and keep yourself relevant well, and grow your business? Um, I think, you know, using using people who doubted you was definitely a fuel to the fire like when people were telling me i don't know why you're doing that you're never going to be shit doing that you're wasting your time you know you got to go to college you got to learn this you got to learn that i knew what i wanted to do at the, at the at the age of 12. so i seen how people work around me you know i soaked up a lot of game i asked a lot of questions i soaked up a lot of game you know I, everybody that was around me was way older than me so 
you know, I didn't think people were going to take me serious because I'm a little, I'm a fucking, I'm 13, 14 years old trying to learn things. And if you think about it, a 13, 14 year old at one of the biggest radio stations, you're going to laugh at this kid. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. But I think that's what kept me hungry with just people doubting me. And when I finally, when I finally got that chance, I just really just, really just took that, took that fuel and just added more fuel to it and, you know, started, started doing me, just started believing in myself and really saying to myself, man, I could really do this and shit like 30 years here, 30 years later, I'm still here. I think it's just, I've seen so many people come and go as far as like artists, producers, just people in the business, right? Club owners from A to Z, whatever you want to yeah. managers, whatever you want to call it. Like I've been, I was right there when MC Hammer when had 50, 50 people on stage with him. I was on stage with him. With, I seen it all. Like, I was just on stage not too long ago. You know, I play at one of the biggest hip-hop nightclubs in the world in Dre's nightclub. I'm on stage with everybody every single weekend, right, before this quarantine happened. But I think what kept me grounded is just seeing so many people come and go. And, mm. and I just adapted with time. You know what I mean? I just turned 44 years old and I adapted wow. with time. What happened was I understood what was going on with technology and how music was being released and, um, you know, just all the changes within the industry. Like you had to accept it. And you have people my age that don't accept the music that's coming out nowadays, right? They're like, ah, ah, ah th this is mumble rap. This okay, yeah, we understand. We understand that. But with time has changed, like, you have to change with the time. You have to, to stay relevant. You have to change with the time. You can't be stuck in that mind frame of, oh, I'm just gonna do, I'm just gonna do this, you know. Sure. So I think, one thing I want to, sorry, cut you no, no, one thing ahead. I want to add. Is, one thing I want to add is, when we had dinner, whatever, lunch in London, the first time we met, Dre yeah. introduced us. That's what I got from you. You're very humble. You're very aware of what's going on you're mentioning all these clubs in london you you were well, well informed so to me you came across as someone like who pays attention and is willing to like reach out and really figure out what's going on yeah well, i think that is the major key in order to grow as a as a as a artist as a dj and as a businessman too let me just speak let me just speak on it too like one thing i'm gonna say about franny is like no matter what he wraps himself into he's gonna go all the way in you feel me like He's a passionate person, whether it's eating food, DJ, like he's passionate about like the Twitch shit too. Like that's something that's like inspiring to me because you want to have people that inspire you. They don't have to really tell you anything. Like you just see what they're doing and they, they inspire you. Like that's one thing about Franny. Like I've known him for about 12 years. And like, as long as I've known him, he's always been somebody that inspires me just by example. Like I look at him as like somebody that like, I, I like, I want to be to that level, but then he also gives you game to the point where like he teaches you how to be a better person towards the next man. So like, that's one thing I would super respect about friends. And like, you know, he has a story for almost any fucking thing that you can imagine. Like you play a song, he's going to have the greatest story to fucking go with that song. Nothing, give us a story, man. Yeah, give us, give us some, s some old school stuff, man. <laughs> Something about, I don't know, like, like you, you work, you work the Jay Z camp, right? Yeah. You were around Jay Z back in the day. Uh -huh. Tell us some legendary story about what Jay Z was like back then. 
Jay-Z is the same person who he was back in 1996 when I met him. Mm. People, a lot, a lot of people don't know, Jay-Z is a fucking comedian. He's a very funny person. And he's a very humble guy at that. And one thing about Jay that, uh, one thing about Jay that people don't know is he's a very nice guy. Like he's approached, he's a very approachable guy, right? You just gotta, you just gotta know how to approach him. You can't be like, hey, Jay, can I take a picture? Like, none of that shit flies, right? With any celebrities though, with any artist, like you can't make them feel uncomfortable, right? So it's like, he's always been the same person. He's never changed. I think the only thing that's changed is, you know, numbers as far as album sales and, uh, uh, you know, uh, money he's accumulated over the years. The guy is a billionaire now. Like, I remember when he was talking about making his first hundred million. <laughs> I mean, his first 10 million. You know what I mean? And now this guy is a billionaire and he's, if not one of the biggest moguls in the world. Um, funny Jay-Z story I have, let's see, back in 2003. I had just moved to Vegas uh, in 2001. So I flew back to the Bay Area for a Rock the Mic concert, which was him, Freeway, Beanie Siegel, Memphis Bleak, 50 Cent, and the whole G unit. It was that whole tour going on in 2003. It was like one of the biggest tours around that time. And I had met Jay. I flew, I lived in Vegas. I flew back to the Bay Area to go see the concert, right? Because I'm I'm like a big Jay-Z fan. Um, cool, though, man. And... I met him, and once they got there, I you know I, I got to the venue before them, met him there, um, went to his dress room, talked about some shit, and I was just you know talking about the show, how excited I was for the show, and I'm gonna be out in the crowd. Like I don't like being on stage. When I watch these artists perform, I don't want to be on stage. I want to be in the crowd. I want to be in the crowd watching everything, the crowd reaction, the special effects you know how the sound sounds i don't want to be on stage i'm not one of those guys oh i have to be on stage when my friend performs bullshit i want to be in the crowd so i could see my friend perform the way these fans see it because i'm a fan too right mm. so i want to see it in their perspective so i told him that and then you know when he got off stage to make a long story short he was like where are you going now i was like i don't know he's like all right just come roll with us i didn't know where we were going um so we hop in a sprinter yeah, Jay-Z had a Mercedes Sprinter van back in 2003. <laughs> um, and this is the craziest shit I've ever seen. So we leave the venue and I'm like, yo, how are we going to get out of here? Because there's so much traffic around the venue. Like, we're going to be stuck in traffic. He's like, don't worry, I got this. The first time ever I have ever been a part of a, a, a police escort, a police escort motorcade. Do you understand? From backstage... So when we leave, this guy has, I don't know, 10 to 15 um, California Highway patrols on bikes and escorts us throughout the whole thing to get out of there safely. And I don't have no questions, right? I'm just going along for a ride. Next thing you know, we pull up 30 minutes later and we're at the fucking airport. So we get out and I see a jet. I'm like, oh shit, what am I gonna do? Like, you know, my keys, my clothes, everything's still here in the Bay Area. Like, what am I going to do now? Um, and Jay was like, you live in Vegas, don't you? I was like, yeah, you know that. He was like, all right. Uh, you want to hop on a jet? I was like, you got room for me? So he did this little count. He was like, man, I got room for you and, and three more people. <laughs> so I hopped on that jet. You know, I'm tripping out because I love to fly. Like, I'm another thing I'm passionate about, Dre knows this. I love to fly. I love planes. I love to fly. Like, 
I'm passionate about that shit. This like, guy knows the models of every plane. Crazy. Yeah, every, every, like pretty much the majority of them. And I love to fly. So when I got on this shit, it was like a dream, right? When we got on this plane, this is Jay-Z was still drinking Cristal, by the way. First of all, he had like 20 bottles of Cristal already cold, ready to go. And I'm looking around and this guy has lobster, crab, garlic noodles from crustaceans in San Francisco, from San Francisco, ready to go on his jet. I'm like, wait a minute. So you're telling me I'm going, I'm going on a private jet with Jay-Z and I'm about to eat my favorite food on a private jet going back <laughs> home to Vegas. But here's the catch though. I didn't have keys to my house. I didn't have clothes. So I was fucked. Once I landed in Vegas, I didn't know what I was going to do, right? It was worth it though, right? <laughs> Listen, so I didn't know what I was going to do. It was definitely worth it. One million percent. I would never ever, you know, I would never ever Dude, redo yeah. that moment again. Um, and when I got there, I was like, okay. So, so I started calling some friends and Jay was like, yo, so you, you cool, right? You, you going home? I'm like, yo, I don't even have the keys to my house. He's like, all right, I got you. He got me a room that night. Oh, <laughs> yo, he got me a room that night. And um, it's crazy because I had called a couple of friends already and, and they came over, brought me some food. And they're like, wow, why are you staying here? You know, I didn't really want to tell them why. But I was like, oh, one of my friends, you know, I flew on his private jet and he, he got me a room here because I didn't have the keys to my house. And she was like, wow, what a nice friend. I was like, yeah, he's a nice friend, all right. <laughs> but, you know, fast forward to 2018, right? I did the thing with Nipsey and Puma out here in Vegas. So fast forward to that, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, wow, here I am with Nipsey Hustle and G-Eazy about to give Puma shoes to the kids in Las Vegas, you know, to the community out here. 15 years later, I'm on Jay-Z's Puma jet doing the same shit, drinking, drinking champagne, eating crab and lobster. I'm like, is this real life? <laughs> Absolutely. Man. Yeah, man, you know, to be here this long, like I think about it every every day I think about it. To be here this long is is a blessing because there's people that's, you know, been wow. in this industry as long as I have, and they're not doing this anymore. They're not doing this. They're, you know, they're, they're doing other things in life. I mean, I commend them, whether it's real estate or, you know, whether you own your own, you know, business, whatever it is, they're not doing this. This is me. This is, I was born to do this and that's why I'm still here. And I'm thankful for it, right? I'm thankful for you guys even like asking Dre and I to hop on and, and talk about this shit because this, nah, this means a lot to us. It really does, like for real. Now, it, this is the reason why we, we set this podcast up. We wanted to connect with people like not only our friends, but people that put that work in behind the scenes. Yes. That we we salute all the time. And you know what? I got I to gotta shout you guys out, man, because, you know, live base, um, golly, before I even met you, like, I already knew who you guys were. You know, uh, my boy Chubbs from Drake's camp, from an OVO camp, yeah. was like, yo, when you go out to London, man, you fuck with live bass. You fuck with And Dre Sinatra tells me, yo, when you when we, go, we go out to London, we fucking with live bass. We fucking with live. Yo, so the first night, I'll never forget, we get, we get the fucking tape nightclub. And I'm asking Dre, I'm like, bro, what are all these people doing out here, bro? What are all these females doing out here? There's like 300, <laughs> there's 300 pretty girls outside. I'm like, Dre, is there a way we could get some of these pretty girls with us to come inside the club? He's like, bro, don't worry, bro. We, we're good. We get inside the club, there's going to be way more pretty girls. Yo, we're having trouble getting in. 
and then Dre makes the phone call, you come outside to get us. I walk in this place. I'm like, oh, that's why there's a bunch of pretty girls outside because there's already pretty girls inside. I'm like, okay, I get it now. Yo, that was one of the best times I've ever had in London. And then after that, we had the private, private after party in the back. Forget about it. I don't even want to talk about it. Live bass is fucking legendary, bro. <laughs> Man. Yo, Dre's, Dre's done some legendary nights for us. I've he seen had some legendary nights. I've seen but, it. But um, Dre, like... Tell, tell the people more about how you got into it, man. Because, mm. like... I got into it just by, like... I lived outside of L.A. and I always wanted to do it. Just kind of like Franny. Like, it's something, like, as a kid, you know you're going to be a part of the music. You just don't know how or what it is. And I just figured out, like, you know what? I'm not good at playing instruments, but I like playing music. So I think my, my talent is playing music for people. So I just got into that way and started throwing my own parties. I mean, I worked like almost every job in the music game that you could think of. I'm talking about from top to bottom, went to recording school, like the whole thing, just to figure out what it is I really like. And I just figured out like my talent, like I said, is playing music for people. So I just started anything I could do, promote, DJ, fucking, if I had to clean the tables, whatever, if I had to drive for somebody, I'm there. Like, you know what I mean? Just like real passionate about it. like. By any means necessary, I'm going to be a part of history and I'm going to be a part of like this hip hop thing. So to just to go forward, I met a couple artists at the radio station, started touring for them and just worked my way up as far as like working with artists. Like I always took a risk on like artists that to some people might not be the short thing, but it ended up working out where they were always the wild card, but shit worked out where it was like, all right, this guy fucking went platinum and he's independent. Then I had the luck to work with Ray J right before the Kim Kardashian video came out of Sexy Can I, I think. And that, that's kind of like a game changer for me because Ray J is the type of person at that time, he exploded as far as like sex tape, Sexy Can I song. And then that shit just opened up every door for me because we were doing TV. We had the number one show on VH1 MTV, the number one independent song, top 10 song. So everywhere I'm going, everywhere he's going, I'm going with him and I'm shaking every hand. He's introducing me like I'm important. And that's how I met Franny through Ray J, which yeah. is crazy to bring it full circle. Like, wow, I met Franny, he was doing clubs. And I, not to cut you off, Dre, I met Ray J back in 2000. He was like 16 years old, right before, right before he got into music. And like he, like Dre said, full circle, right? Around 2000. Eight, Dre? Yeah, like 2007, 2008. I was DJing at a club in Vegas called OPM Nightclub, um, OPM Poetry, at, which was the only urban hip-hop nightclub in Vegas ever on the strip. It was inside the mall at the forum shops. And Ray J was actually an ambassador for that club. And that's how Dre and I hooked up. And once we linked up, like that first night, once we linked up, it's been it's been like I got some of the story. I got some of the story how we really came close, though. So check He's this out. Coming, man. I'm going to tell the story. So we, I'm about to DJ, right? And at the time, like all the LMFAO, like the Vegas party rock shit is popping, right? So oh, I'm yeah, going to, yeah. oh, I'm about to tell the story. So I'm making a folder. I'm making a playlist. And to this day, this is why I don't make playlists. So I'm making a playlist. So I'm putting together a set. I'm thinking I'm going to Vegas. It's going to be some like fist pumping type shit. I'm in a hip hop club, right? I play this shit. Ray J goes, he 
Ray J's on the mic. He tells Dre, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, Play my God. I'm talking about, yo, I, I felt so fucking embarrassed. Yo. Dre is playing... Thing. Dre is playing fucking, like you said, LMFAO. You're playing uh, uh, Robin S. You're playing yeah. new EDM remix mashups. At and the only urban hip hop spot in Vegas. Like, I'm listen, talking about the urban. Listen, hip. when we say hip hop, like young Jeezy used to walk in there whenever he came to Vegas. Like, this is before Vegas was giving money to artists, you know, to come wow. to the club. Like, artists would just come to the club just to hang out with me, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so... That happens, and like I remember, Franny was like the only one. He's like, "Man, you good, man? I got you." Like it was something like extent, and like one thing, just being a DJ, like for artists, I've met thousands of DJs, and like there's just something about Franny that was genuine. Like I connected him like as like a real brother. You know what I'm saying? Like I looked at, up to him. Like you know what? Like this is the type of people I want to be around with. Like these are people you want to associate yourself with. You know what I mean? Like inspiring. Like you, if you want to be successful. You have to be around some like-minded individuals. And I looked up to him like, as soon as that moment, I knew he held me down. I'm like, yo, this is my guy. We've been rocking, what, 12 years now? Something like that. 12 going on 13 now. Sure. And we and we only get stronger. We only get closer with, like, on some real brotherhood shit, man. So that moment, I always go back to that moment because I was like, that's when I knew it was like, this is my dog right here, man. Yeah, and he you know, when we, good. Say, when we say brotherhood too, like, Israel Brotherhood, like his mom cooked for me. Like he knows my family. Like the people I grew up with are now his brothers as well. You know, Gino, KT, like everybody sure. that's been around me for 20 or 20 more years, um, Dre knows. So he's now family for real, man. He's really family. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, I, had a, I had a quick question for both of you. Um, also, as DJs, uh, how, do you, how, do, how did you both build your brand? Hmm. You know what? I never, to me, I never really even thought about building a brand until sure. until I wanted to get a logo done. And a lot of people <laughs> don't know that logo that I have, I might be from the Bay Area, but I'm a diehard Lakers fan, a super mm. diehard Lakers fan. Like, you got to understand, when I was growing up um, in the 80s, Magic Johnson, till this day, Magic Johnson is my favorite player of all time, of all time. Not Michael Jordan, not Kobe, rest in peace, Kobe, not LeBron. Magic, Irvin Magic Johnson, a.k.a. Showtime. So when I got my logo done in 2008, I think, I was like, oh, man, I want to get my logo done like the Lakers logo. And that's exactly what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's what sparked the whole branding thing. When I put that up there, people started identifying me with the logo. And, you know, wherever I would go, like, I have lighters made, T-shirts made, like, yeah. You know, not a lot, you know, 100, 100 pieces here, 100 pieces there, keep them linen. Um, but they're out there, you know, and I think that's where it all started. And then once social media came, right? You got Twitter, you got even MySpace. MySpace, yeah. MySpace, yeah, MySpace. Mm-hmm. I never got on Facebook, but Instagram, huge, you know, Snapchat, and obviously now Twitch. So I think the social media part definitely helped everybody, no matter who you are, help build your brand because... That's a way of people, you know, can connect you and feel like they know you. So yeah. the social media thing is very important. For me, it came from like I was making beats at the time, and people like if you, my old school friends know me as Dre One, which is like my fucking original DJ name. And like I was listening to a Frank Sinatra record, and I must have heard this song I like. I listened to it for twenty minutes at the record store. I'm talking about the same song, same song, and I was thinking to myself, I'm like. 
there's you know how like there's Herb Gotti and like there was like those Bob names. I'm like, how come ain't nobody used Sinatra yet? So I'm like, man, I was like, I'm gonna be the Frank Sinatra of this DJ shit. Like that's that's how I really thought about it. Like I'm gonna just be fucking Dre Sinatra. I was like, this shit just is more ring. It's more catchy than Dre was. Like Dr. Dre was my favorite. Frank Sinatra is now my favorite. I'm like, fuck it. This is perfect. And I just combined them together. And that's how that's how I came up with my name as far as the Dre Sinatra. I think that's probably one of the best decisions I ever made as far as branding, because I just felt like after that it helped elevate it. It just sounds better than Dre one. This is such a basic ass thing. Yeah. yeah, you you both used a smart way of like using franchise brands that you guys have some connection to. But yo, you know what's so wild about it? I didn't even notice. Brandy was already calling himself Brandy, which yeah, is that for a while. Well, the, the, the reason why I did that is because, like I said, my mom was playing Frank Sinatra, and I, and I love Frank Sinatra's music, and I was a big fan of Frank's. Um, and it was crazy when I lived in the Bay. Somebody had called me um, during my radio show and said, "Hey, man." You're like, you're like Frank Sinatra, man. You're Fran Sinatra. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, Fran Sinatra. I like that. So that's how I got that nickname. Hilarious. So, like, what's the, what are you guys currently doing? Like, I know you mentioned the Twitch thing, but like with the quarantine and with the current status in the US, where's most of your time going? Twitch? <laughs> like, before you guys, before, like, when I wake up, when I wake up, I try to find different things. You know, you learn new things every day, especially during this quarantine. So you just try to prep for shit and try to try new, you know, try new stuff and put extra elements in the show. Um, that and pretty much, you know, uh, making music, doing remixes, producing beats, because I, I also make make music as well, right? Um, I have a couple artists. I got an artist out here by the name of Jazz Laser who I play on Twitch every night that the females I absolutely love. And one thing about my following on Twitch, a lot of female, a lot of female listeners because I play, I play a lot of R&B. So, you know, they're there. Um, but for the most part, I've been in the house for four months. Four wow. months, four months in the house since March. Vegas, Vegas is opened up though, right? Like Vegas, casinos are open up. Vegas is opened up. Uh, the majority of the casinos are opened up, but no clubs, no pool parties. Um, no large gatherings. I, I don't think they're telling us not till next year. So, wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was. You got to think about it. I was at Dre's for damn near five and a half years every weekend. So, of course, this is like kind of affecting me. You know, not just financially, but, but mentally as well because I got so used to just playing in front of crowd every single, you know, every single weekend, week in, week out, traveling here, traveling to this city, DJing there. So. But like Dre said, this Twitch thing brought new life to us, new motivation, new inspiration. And I think once other DJs catch on to it, they'll see that you know, it's definitely beneficial. Definitely. I think what it is too is like we get to prepare. It's kind of like having the radio experience. We get to bring that into the Twitch. And it's like we kind of make our radio show every day as far as like you said, like there could be a theme. One, one morning I might wake up and be like, man, you know what? And you know what we gotta do, Drake? Drake, you know what we gotta do one day? We gotta do all all UK music for two hours. 
Oh, for sure. And yes, the funny yes. thing is, every hour, every day, I do at least one hour of UK music. Because like you said, we have people from all over, you know what I'm saying, to come in and listen. So it's like, and that's not only one, that's like one thing I'm passionate about. Like, when I went out to London in the UK, I brought a lot of that music back to the state. Yeah, was same like, here. yo, I was like, this is that shit. I don't give a fuck if y'all don't like it. Yeah. Y'all gonna fuck with this. And luckily yeah. for me... Right. Dre, sorry to cut you there. You should tell the story about you're probably the last American <laughs> DJ to touch UK just yeah. before lockdown. Oh shit, that's right. No, oh, for real, for real. Every like during this COVID, I respect thing, for you to come down because everybody's trying to tell you not to come. Bro. Even you hit me like, bro, I'm coming. Even me. <laughs> yeah, even Freddie was like, I don't know, man. And like, you know what? I was like. I'm going. First of all, hey, I love London. Like, you can't stop me from going to London unless, like, oh, no. I physically can't get up and go. But, yeah, so I'm telling Amber, like, yo, man, I don't know. Like, what you think? How's it looking? He's like, it's good, man. Like, everything's fine. But on the other <laughs> side, back home, I'm, talking, I'm getting hundreds of texts. I'm getting comments on my IG to the point where I had a post and they're like, look, guys, like, I, I appreciate y'all concern, but it's my life. I'm going to go to London. I'm going to be fine, and I'm going to come back home. And they're like, there, there was a travel ban, but there was like, London is excluded from the travel ban. So I'm thinking I'm good. I, then I go to London, they move the travel ban, they add UK on there. Now I have to get home by a certain time. I'm telling Amber, like, damn, bro, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of nervous to get home. But shit, I end up staying out there. We go to Manchester. Shit was a fucking movie. We go to London. Shit was cool. And then we made it out and I ended up going home a day early, but I just remember every single person was stressing me like, don't go, don't go. And me and Amber had a conversation like, hey, fuck it, this is why, this is why we are who we are. We're not afraid to get, get dirty and go to work and put it on the line. It's just who we are. And both of those parties were like lit, like China White in Manchester. That Manchester it was insane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know what? Like, respect for you, man. Like, because I know there's a lot of pressure for you not to come, man. Like, man, I'm talking about everybody told me not to go. Like, even Franny said, Franny was, uh, yo, Franny, Franny with you. No, there were the guys that, like, those clips, you know, were like, yo, presidential travel, man. I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, God. Well, the thing was, the thing was, we don't want Dre to be stuck, you know, in the UK. I mean, I, I know he probably Bro, doesn't mind. We got Dre, man. We got Dre. We have a house, man. I already Dre, know. Me, well, listen, when we touch down, you guys always take care of us. So we already know that, right? Yeah. But it was just, you yeah. know, we know Dre got to get... It was a concern. Yeah, for but sure. No, but that's also the love thing, though, too. Like, one thing I, I will say, people like Brandy, people like Ty, my brother Gino, like, they really call me. That's why I didn't get worried, because... They were like, hey, yo, whatever you need, like, for real, let me know. Like, that shit, that, that gave me confidence, too. Like I said, like, when your brothers got your back, like, they're they're in a whole other country. But when, you know, like, they're like, yo, whatever you need, bro. Like I said, like, even Ty was like, what, do you need a flight? What's up? I got you. Like, I don't want you to get stuck. Like, that shit just made me be like, all right, I'm good. Yeah. It, it let me not worry as much. I'm like, all right, my friends got my back all the way back home. Like, I'm going to be straight. And then Amber was holding me down out there like this is the most time we ever spent on a trip like uh, as long as i've been going to london we've been doing stuff together like he was like fuck it i'm gonna ride it out with you because you know there's nobody else normally i bring somebody with me nobody wanted to come so amber had to just ride it out and thug it out with me almost the whole time 
Absolutely, man. There's no way, no other way around it. We, we're one. We're going to work together. You took that trip because of me and I'm going to be there till the end, man. Yeah, I, I feel, said to you, I you like no matter trip, what. I feel like that trip, we got more tighter too because we was on the train. We was conversating like... You play me some records. You play me some sick music as well. Like, yeah. You guys took the train from London to Manchester. Yeah, like that, wow. that time, I mean, normally I, I would be that. asleep. Normally, I, mean, I would be asleep, bro, but that, we literally talked the whole way through. Like, I don't even know how long the train is. Like, I'm not a person. Dre was like, sanitizing the whole train, man. <laughs> Dre yeah, was right? sanitizing the tables, everything. I was he like, had yeah, the white sanitizer, like, yeah. everything. Yo, I need I need that experience, though. I need I need to go to London and then check that train to Manchester. I well, need that's legendary, can't you, you know what? Can't the, you also take the, London, the train from London to Paris, too? Yeah, yeah, you star. Yeah, absolutely. How long does that take? That's the one. Two hours. Two hours. That's it. That's it. Oh, I gotta do. I know the flight. The flight. Like I flew from London to Amsterdam. That flight was like forty-five minutes. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Is there a train that goes from London to Amsterdam? Yeah, yeah, London to Amsterdam as well. Yeah, London to Belgium, Amsterdam. Wow, that's crazy. Yo, next time we're gonna do a proper European tour, so we'll we'll jump on all those trains, man. Do a real thing, man. I'm ready, man. Last question. What's the future? What's going like? What do you think is gonna happen? Because you guys are in the mix of it. You've been you've been doing this for so long. What's the future hold? Hey, times have changed, man. I'm seeing it now. Like I went to a restaurant the other day. I think now when you go to a club, you're gonna see all these servers, all these nice looking bottle girls with a mask on, right? <laughs> it's gonna be weird. But I mean, as far as out here in America, that's what it's looking like. Um, I think people Music is an escape to a lot of people's lives, right? So I think Absolutely. when clubs really open back up, people are going to go to clubs. There's going to be people yeah. out there that, do, that don't give a fuck about no virus. They just want to get out there and just have a good time and forget about That'd it. That'd be me. So, <laughs> yeah, Dre's actually doing, you're doing Penthouse this Sunday, huh? Yeah, actually, the uh, like the biggest party back in L.A. is kicking off on Sunday, and I'm going to be twitching from the club. And like, here's, wow. a, here's one thing I need to say. Like, I went out. On Friday, right? I went out to go smoke hookah, smoke weed, whatever. And like the, the club's party, open in LA. There, the Habibi Cafe was open, right? So I go out there with my boy, and like, this is weird. This is the first time I'm kind of outside, outside, like where, like you know, starting to get back a little bit. Dre, just going to the last bit. You said something about Playhouse. Is that open? The nightclub's opening. Penthouse is opening. Penthouse is opening back up this Sunday, and like I was saying. Since I've been on this Twitch, right, I went outside and, like, I was outside and I wanted to get back into the Twitch world because it felt so weird to be back outside. I'm like, man, I'm ready to go home and go jump on this fucking Twitch instead of being outside. Yeah. So, so I'm going to be DJing on Sunday, and I'm like, I got to do this shit on Twitch. Like, it's only right. Like, you know, I want to bring both of those worlds together and just let, like, the people on Twitch see what I really do because... Some of them don't really know what I do or how I really, how I really get down or what I'm known for. So I'm like, I want to merge both of those worlds together and make an experience for them. So clubs are opening in LA. Well, that's that's gonna be the first one. Like it's open, open. So we're about to see how that shit goes. But not isn't all it clubs are open? Isn't it limited though? Like they're not letting. Yeah, they're they're not selling every table, and then they're um. They're basically doing like half the capacity. So it's gonna be even harder to get. It's already hard to get in. It's like take, like it's already hard to get in, but now it's only gonna be harder. 
Oh shit. You gotta let us know how that goes. Yeah, that's interesting. Man, y'all gotta watch the Twitch. I'm gonna be live on Twitch. <laughs> that be, that could be the catalyst for the whole world for the clubs, man. See how it goes. Uh, for sure. I, and one thing I think it's like yesterday we were watching my boy Gino's uh Twitch and he was doing karaoke. And like we really felt like we was at a karaoke bar, you know what I mean? And like it's crazy, like some people are gonna get stuck really liking that virtual digital shit. And as long as oh, they're already stuck. What are you talking about? They're no, addicted sure. already. People are but addicted. That's what I'm saying. If you got one foot in <laughs> both, you know what I'm saying? You got one foot in the virtual world and one foot in the real world. I think it'll be all right. Yeah, you don't want to get left um, behind. That yeah, not at all. But that virtual thing, like with the whole Twitch thing, like I don't know if you guys checked that out yet, um, but. You know, we have our own e emojis in Twitch. They're called emote. Okay. We have our own emojis, and you know, you can really, you can really engage with with the with the viewers and the listeners, and make them feel a part of because they really are a part of the whole show. Like they make the show. Yeah. If it weren't for them, like we'd be playing music for our stuff, right? I'd be doing that anyway. Like because this whole streaming shit, I I started doing this over ten years ago when UStream TV was popping. And the crazy thing is, when I was on earlier, I was playing, I was playing episodes from, I was actually playing an episode from nine years ago, and it's the same shit I'm doing, playing a bunch of R&B shit, talking shit, shouting people out, shouting people out in different countries. It's, you know, it's just like re, it's the rebirth of Ustream to me. So, do, do you think? It, um, sorry to cut you. Do you think uh, that the whole live stream for artists? Do you think that works? Most definitely, because. You got to think about it like this. Insta Instagram works, right? Mm. And then Instagram Live works. Now with this, I see I see some comedians and certain artists getting on this now. Like, they see how it is. They see, oh, you could put whatever you want in the chat room as long as, you know, you build up your hours and your following. Yeah. Um, you know, you could build something up. Like, if you look at in me and Dre Sinatra's in our little emoji section, you know, I got Duce bottles in there, Ace of Spades <laughs> bottles. I got Tupac, Biggie faces, Nipsey Hussle faces. Yeah. You know, Dre got Nipsey Hussle. He got Dre got faces of himself. Like, it's just, you know, whatever you want to put in there is cool and to make everybody feel like they're involved. You know what I mean? Mm. It's like a very interactive experience where it's like those people are super diehard, like, about everything. So let's just say if I play a Nipsey Hussle song or Franny plays a Nipsey Hussle song, as soon as he plays it or I play it, you're gonna see the chat room go crazy with his face. And like, it's it's just like the interaction is second to none, pretty yeah. much like nobody on Instagram is interacting like that. I don't, I don't care, I've seen it all. I've been into a lot of chat rooms. I've been into the most popping IG lives and it's not it's nothing compared to Twitch. Yeah, it's nah. just at all. What, what's and your thoughts you on like live performance of, of artists? Cause I mean, I've seen a few live performances and, and to me personally, I, I I don't think they work, and that's my my view. Really, yeah. you don't think they? Is it because of the crowd, or it. why 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 don't you think it works? Is it the crowd? Is it yeah, how yeah. they're performing? Are they performing over tracks? No, nah, I mean you know, I mean like, there was one in particular. Like, did you see Tory Lanez do it? Tory Lanez did it on YouTube. I had it on there. I was watching for about thirty yeah. minutes, but yeah, it was it was cool. But yeah. I think he could have had a. It it was like to me, it was just on on some fly shit, you know, because I know. I know for a fact Drake has got something planned out for the OVO Fest because he can't he can't miss out. This is their 10-year anniversary for the OVO Fest, right? Yeah. So he already told me, he was like, yo, Franny, we've got to do something. So 
He's already planning something out for that. I'm uh, sure you, 100% he's planning something out for that, you know? I mean, I just think the whole virtual thing is 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 only the option left now. People want to see some real unique content and live performances. And I yeah. guess loads of those kids that are sat home on their phones and want to, they're very like active with what they're doing. So I guess they're in tune to it. But that's um, the cool thing about it. That's us old cool heads. Like, <laughs> we, we get to show our content from years ago, right? Like, like I'm going through my content right now from like stuff I have recorded from 10, 15, 20 years ago. Like I'm looking for this. Like I got stuff with me and Jay-Z from 2000 that I'm looking for right now. I just got so much footage that I've never gone through, but yeah. this quarantine and this whole Twitch thing has got me going through all my shit now because I want to show people the content, you know? This is something I don't want to show on Instagram that I do want to show on Twitch because, in, you know, Twitch, you're more engaged, right? You're live. People can add, you see people's reaction like, oh shit, like this morning I showed a footage of me at a DJ Khaled video shoot 11 years ago with Drake, Young Jeezy, Rick Ross. Um, it's and music. And yeah, exactly. Um, and it's crazy because they're seeing this shit and they're like, damn, you really been doing this shit. You know, especially the new people who just got turned on to me, you know, because of this whole quarantine, they're like, damn, this motherfucker has been mm. doing all this. That's why we get it now. You know, and, and, it's, and it's fun to share. It's fun to share the content with them. And I only showed three videos. I got literally, I got thousands probably in the ten thousand uh footage crazy oh, we need we need some visuals for the for the this post when we put it out for the this podcast episode. oh definitely i got you guys whatever you guys need bro yeah. great are you making lunch and eating lunch at the same time while we're doing this podcast i'm eating breakfast right now breakfast, breakfast. what's on the yeah, one thing i want to commend though too is like a lot of people haven't really uh well yeah they give them the proper i want to commend two swiss beats and timbaland for what they did on uh, ig because D nice too. Yeah, D nice too, yeah, especially D nice. Like all that shit was inspiring. Also, like they at that time, like just think about it. That was like unheard of. Like D nice had what about a hundred thousand people in this fucking live going crazy. Like Michelle Obama. I'm talking yeah. about. Dre, here's the crazy thing though. The first day he did it, I was in there. He only had like a couple hundred people, a hundred and eighty to two hundred people, which is still, to me, that's a lot of people. Yeah. But compared to the numbers he was doing when that shit really went viral, I was in there one time and like you said, he had a hundred thousand people in there. That's 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 two that's two stadiums in the United States filled. You know? Mm. Not for sure. And like I, I, that shit actually inspired me. So that's why I was like, man, I gotta give him his credit because that shit was inspiring. Not only that, just like what it did for us at that time too. Like a lot of people have been thanking us, like, yo. Y'all really got through this quarantine, man. Y'all been just as essential. It's like, we we don't look at it that way. Or like, it sounds funny to say, but to these people, like really hearing this music, this shit really helped them get by. Like I tell them, shit, y'all helped us too. Like, don't think it's a one-way street. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're just as grateful for y'all as we are, you know, y'all for us. So I tell them that's a lot of people like, thank you. Cause like Freddie said, we will be doing it in our room regardless by ourselves. But when you have 100, 200 people that are passionate, it just makes you want to do it that much more and go that much more harder. Yeah, definitely. And it's like you have all these people from different parts of the world, right? And the whole world is quarantined. That's the crazy thing about this. So it makes it even more special because people are at home, at the comfort of their own home. 
they could drink as much as they want and fall asleep on their couch. It's not like they have to call an Uber or drive home or anything, right? You know what I mean? Like, they're literally listening to your music. And another thing I want to commend our viewers, they trust us with our music selection because, you know, we don't really do requests. Like, I know I don't, but that's the sure. great thing about it. People, people trust don't, us. Dre don't even do requests in the club, let alone... <laughs> Twitch. <laughs> exactly. Maybe like, yo, <laughs> chill, bro. <laughs> they're really just, they're really, our viewers are just really, really passionate about the music we play. And that's why, because, I mean, you got to think about it this way. I could play Nipsey Hussle, Sade, fucking Billy Joel, Mark Morrison. I play a Jay Huss song and go to a Burner song and then go go all the way back, take it to, you know, some Wonderwall by Oasis and then go some Eagles, like Hotel California. Like, I'm all over the place. And then play some Bob Marley. And people are really vibing with you. Yeah. Like I'm taking them on a ride on these different genres of music, playing Biggie, Tupac, and then playing Jodeci and playing, you know, Craig David. Like, and they're they're in there for four, like Dre said, four or five hours at a time. Like Twitch is tripping off us right now because they see that people are really in our chat room engaging with us for four to five hours at a time. They see those numbers. They're like, you know, we got gamers like. We got gamers that don't even do these type of numbers, you know? So it's a blessing, man. It's like this quarantine was definitely a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I, feel that. I see it all now. I see why these gamers, you know, stream because it's beneficial to them, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I see why they stream. But like I said, we'd be doing this regardless if we were getting checked or not. And that's why I think once these DJs find out it can be beneficial, you're going to see a million DJs on this shit. I can't wait because I, I want to see everybody win. <laughs> you know, I feel I like I've worked for Twitch. Like I've been trying to get some DJs on who I know you're killing it. It's like they keep fighting it. It's like when I'm cool with IG from, Live. I'm cool with it, IG Live. Yeah, it's it's kind of like when people went from vinyl to Serato. At first, they were like fighting this shit. Like, no, I'm gonna be on vinyl. Like, yeah. this is it. And then now it's like, all right, you move, you make the move. It's like the same thing. Like. There's people on IG that really love it, but it's like they're playing themselves in the sense where the quality isn't great. You're getting kicked out every couple of minutes per song. You can only go an hour at a time for the most part. So it's like everything about it is like, why would you still want to be there? It's like, mm -hmm. it's kind of like going to a place you're not really wanted or yeah. welcome and you're still there trying to be in the mix. That's deep. Yeah. I mean, you guys are creating that that demand and hopefully the other DJs jump on it and can win. I think what it is too is they're they're content with IG because all they have to do is use a phone, right? Mm. Well, a lot of them don't know that on Twitch you could use a phone too. Mm. But if you want all the special effects, like you know, with the with the OBS and the overlays and all that, um, the OBS Streamlabs is is the program I use, right? Where you could Put a bunch of different scenes in the background just make it look cool like you can do whatever whatever you can think of you can do on that so that's now, you know what it, you know what it is too though speaking of, like i spoke to a couple of djs there's some legends i'm talking about established some of the most legendary djs and you know what they told me was like they're scared i don't want to say they're scared but it's like it's kind of like starting all over brand new it's like a brand new hey, platform. we did like, it you and i did it yeah you and i did it but see, you 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 did it just off of like trial and error. Like some of these guys aren't ready to go start over. It's kind of like I said earlier. It's like starting over, so they're not ready to be like, how do I move my fans from IG 
or it's not that they don't, they just don't know how to do it yet. They haven't figured it out. And we're trying to help them. Like, look, this is how you help move your people from IG. I, I, I got I, I got the blueprint to it. Like, exactly. I it. And that's what I'm saying. I learned from you because I, I, I took a flight to go see Franny. Like, literally, I went over there for 24 hours. And out of those 24 hours I was there, we were on Twitch for 18 of those 24 hours. That was like, on Biggie's birthday. That was on Biggie's yeah, birthday. He did, four, he did 14 hours. I did about four hours. And I just went. I flew just to go see what he was doing. Like, we didn't really have a conversation much about it. But I was just like, all right. Cool. I want to see what he's doing. I came back home, and ever since then, I've been streaming every single day since the day I came back from his crib. Yeah, dude, I've been streaming every single night since March 22nd. So I was on IG Live for like 56, 57 nights in a row, and tonight on Twitch will be 34 nights in a row. So man, I've been I've been on this shit every single night, like nonstop. You guys are putting in, putting that work in. Yeah, putting that work in, you know, but but it but it's it's working out though. You know, I got people like Drake and motherfuckers like Swiss Beats are watching me, not saying anything in the chat, you know, but you know, they're letting me know that yo, we're tuned in. Like we see that you're uplifting people with this music, not knowing that these people are uplifting me by tuning in and you know, sharing the vibes with me, you know, and, and me by me sharing the stories, because I have stories, like people know if you Tune into my Twitch. I have stories. Like, I'll show I mean, you a story, picture. Stories. <laughs> I'll show you a picture, and I'll just go into the whole story mode and and get into the detail. It's crazy because I can't really do that. Um, I can't really do that per se if I just I don't know was getting interviewed or whatnot. You know, I can't do it as good as I do it on Twitch because I know there's you know a couple hundred people listening to me, and I just got to get it out the way I know. As of to, if I'm getting, you know, interviewed, man, I'm going to have to think about, all right, how am I going to say this? Where on Twitch is I'm just going to just go ahead, just go from what I know, what I remember, you know? And and people love hearing those stories. So now that I'm getting all my content together, um, I mean, I, I just posted a bunch of shit on my Instagram story, um, a bunch of old pictures from 10 years or before that, and... You know, there's a story to everyone. I just can't wait to share the footage and the pictures with the people on Twitch, man. Like I, I said, think people are hungry. Sorry, Kaya. I think people are hungry no. for content right now. Like, like especially your your vintage content. You have the stories you oh. have. I think those need to be shared. I got I got content that's still on tape. That's, that's on funny. tape that I need that I need to convert into you know digital digital to into MP4 or to you know, however I can get it because they're still on tape. So, but those right there, like Rock the Mic by uh, the Rock the Mic session with Freeway and uh, and Beanie Siegel and Just Blaze in Miami. I got footage of that. Um, I got footage of me at the H to the Izzo video shoot um, with me, Dame Dash and Be Real from Cypress Hill. Uh, we went to that video shoot together because we all smoked beforehand. Yo, what's, what's, Dame Dash, what's Dame Dash like? Dame, from what I remember, Dame was always cool with me, but he was always like how he is, like how you see him, that's Dame Dash. How you see him in interviews and, and like how he's loud and and like how he is, you know, like how he talks, yeah. that's Dame Dash. He's always been like that. He's, he's ne That guy has never changed. He's never put on an act. Like that's Dame Dash, him going crazy, yelling at people. Like that's Dame Dash. 
But do you feel like that the way he was back then, the birth of Rockefeller and how they grew the business, do you feel like that energy was needed back then? Because it was so real and aggressive. It still is now, but it's more about being a bit more diplomatic and being a bit more business savvy. Back then it was about I think, you know, that, that confident, that confident energy is always needed, you know, but I think just how he was, how he was getting across to people was just, He's rubbing up the wrong way. People didn't like it. Like, you can't piss people off in this industry. You can't. And no matter who you are, CEO or not, I don't give a fuck how much money you have. If you piss people off, man, they're going to have a new, a whole new look or outlook on you on, on how you move and how you operate. You know what I mean? Like, your attitude is everything. I don't, like I said, I don't care if I was here with Bill Gates right now talking to Bill Gates. If he says something disrespectful to me and condescending, like, Yo, I don't give a fuck if you're Bill Gates or not. Like, don't talk to me like that. I'm a human just like you. Like, if I take this knife and cut you, guess what? We're going to bleed red. So you're not, you're no different than me. Yeah, your bank account might be different, but all that other shit that is, is yeah, irrelevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It so it's just about how you talk. To, it's, it's all about how you talk to people, you know? And that's why I think this is how the way I am, because my mom taught me to treat people how you want to be treated. That's why I think this is, this is the way I am, you know? Dre, you still eating breakfast? <laughs> I'm, right, I'm, I'm right here. I see, that ma- I see that maple syrup was going on all over whatever you eat. Good and pancakes. That maple syrup is a movie. <laughs> nah, but like, just going back to, just going back to, I was talking about the Dame thing, like, that that type of shit, like, it just doesn't fly no more. Like, you know what I mean? We're living in a society where, like, everything is a lot more, I want to say safe or soft, but it's like, nowadays, like, you can't, like he said, you can't talk to people like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and especially with social media, like just imagine those rants now. Like this would go so viral. Like some of the shit Dame was probably doing. Just imagine now if you see now IG like him going crazy when he went crazy on Kevin Lyles about the Rockefeller jacket. That was crazy. Hey, you know what's crazy is I'm actually I got Memphis Bleak on the show on his birthday, and I'm gonna ask him about that because you know it was it, Bleak was the one who who really instigated that whole shit. You know what I mean? Because when Bleak got his jacket, remember, he was like, yeah, yeah, I got my Def Jam jacket. That was in the Hard Knock Life yeah, backstage, that, right? That documentary, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was crazy, Shout out to Bleak, man. Bleak's good people. He's great people, man. That's one of my one, that's one of my best friends in the industry. Like, he'll tell you the story. Like, I met him in, like, 1997 on a promo tour. And it's funny, you know, back in those days when I was on the radio, I used to actually smoke inside the radio station when I would interview people. I think about it nowadays. I'm like, how the fuck did I get away with that? But I definitely got away with it because I used to do it with everybody, right? And I told Bleak, first time I met him, because I already knew Jay, right? But I knew Bleak was Jay's artist. So I was like, yo, Bleak, I heard you smoke. You smoke, right? He was like, yup. I was like, roll up. He was like, where, right here? I'm like, right here, while I interview you. You could smoke while I interview you. Yo, ever since, we've been buddies. <laughs> Ever since yo, he'll tell you that story. Yo, Bleak's, yeah. Bleak's an interesting guy because the first when he came over when he was supporting Jay Z on these uh, European tours, he was like Jay Z's hype man. Uh, yeah, and I used to do all these after parties for him, like for Bleak. This is like uh-huh. two thousand nine, eight, I think. Maybe yeah. This was around when when Blueprint Three came out. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Bleak, Bleak would be like. I'll just hit Bleak and he'd be like, yo, let's go. What's the bag? I'm like, that's the bag. He's like, let's do it. He'll roll out, just be him, me. Guru will turn up. We'll just, us three go to the club. And Bleak will get on the mic. 
do the songs and be like, yo, let's like whatever you want. He was so professional. And I didn't expect that. that that's, that's always been bleak. That's like since day yeah, one. I didn't, I didn't expect one that. Of the most- and then the, 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 the thing that I really respect about him was like, he showed love. He's like, yo, you come to the show? And I, and I was like, now nah, I'm good. He's like, what do you mean? Like, these are your passes. You're rolling with me. Yo, he introduced me to Jay-Z. Like, I was, I was what? This was probably, like, I was 20 something. And Jay-Z kind of inspired me to set up live days. So I'm like, yo, this is too soon. Like, chill, bro. And he's like, nah, nah, yo, let's go. And he took a picture of me, Jay-Z, to get on my old camera. I remember that. Bleak's a good yo, guy, man. Really, really. Yo, he's a great, he's a great fucking guy, man. Like, we need to for get real, him. like, I'm about to send him a little screenshot right now and tell him I'm talking to you guys. Yeah, yeah, tell him, man. He's going to be like, oh, that? Yeah, we, we did some good business together, man. Good people. Yeah. You got to think, though, too. Like, I don't know Bleak like that, but it says a lot about a person's character. If somebody like Jay-Z still has him around, you feel me? Like, just think about all the people from when Jay started that's been around and are not around and still there. That says a lot about Bleak as far as, yeah, like, his character, this person. It's a handful, right? It's a handful. And and Jay's been fucking with this, that same circle. You got Bleak, you got Emery Jones, you got Ty Ty, you got Jay Brown, you got OG Wan, Dez, you know, of course, B and the family, right? And they've been a tight-knit. Like, they don't let anybody get into that. That circle is so tight-knit. They don't let anybody get into that circle. And that's one thing I learned from Jay early on in my career. You know, I asked him some advice and he said, you can't, you could be cordial with everybody, but you can't be cool with everybody. You can't invite everybody to your home. Mm. And that's one thing I, I learned from Jay-Z. This is like, we're talking 18, 19 years ago, he told me this. And, you know, ever since then, you know, my circle's small, like Dre knows everybody. He knows everybody that's around me and vice versa. You know, we, we ain't got a, ain't no 40, 50 people entourage around here. It's not going down, you know? Can't move like that. Is only four oh, yeah, no, we, we move very light. We move very, we, it's like some A-team. It's all about the quality, not the quantity of people. Like, we're not trying to come in there with a bunch of dudes. Like, everybody that I walk into a room, I know it's gonna, they know how to conduct themselves and behave. And, you know, they're gonna be a representation of me. I can't take them to a live base party at tape. And I got some of my friends walling out, fighting. Like, that's just not gonna happen. Walling out, harassing bitches and shit. No, this no, we not ain't Dre brings all the girls, man. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, that's how we do. We've been doing it like that. Dre will tell you. Dre and I will walk into a club, just me and Dre with 40 girls. We've done it plenty of times. And you know what? I'm going to share some of that footage, too. I'm going to share some of that footage on my Twitch because I found some old videos, Dre, of me and you at Poetry, bro. <laughs> Dre. Wow. That's crazy. Yo, Dre, what's, what's Ty Dollar doing right now? Like, you know, like you've been his tour DJ. That's how we met on the road, like when you were... On tour, on right Europe. now he's been actually he finished his album. He fin- I think he has two albums in the can. Now, from what I understand, he's been doing some features or whatnot. But uh, shit, he's just been he's just been quarantined, getting in shape. Um, we have some new info. We got some new news coming up as far as uh some management stuff that he's excited to share. But pretty and, much, and he's just like new music too. Tell him about huh? the new music. We got some new yeah, the music. New music he, he, like I said, he's got some shit. And on my Twitch, I've been playing like songs here and there. We got, I, I play some for you too, Amber, but we got new music as far as with like Kanye. Uh, that, that song you played me with the, the Kanye one. 
That's yeah. That's the smash, man. That that needs to happen. Yo, I've been on this bumper. Like, come on, man. We gotta drop the song. Like, what the fuck are you waiting for? But I don't know. Like, he's holding on to it for whatever reason. But I feel like that. That's just one. That's one that we gotta drop at some point. Every time I talk to him, like, come on, bro. When are we dropping this song? When are we dropping it? But, that's special. So. But, is there anything last you guys want to add to this? Like, we appreciate your time. We appreciate everything you guys are doing. Appreciate all the work you guys are still putting out there. But I know it hasn't been easy. Like, you know, we, we're new to this podcast. Right? We're just trying to figure it out. So it's great to get your support. But is there anything else you want to add or you want to want to wrap up on? Yeah, like maybe any advice for any up-and-coming DJs. Yeah, that's um, yeah great. Oh, Let me start off real quick. Let me start off with this, Fred. Like, one thing right. I just want to say is, like, as a DJ... You got to just be able to evolve with the times. And right now, as you see, we're evolving with the times. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't be afraid to get get your hands fucking dirty or put in the work. Like, you know, some of us are spoiled because we've been in this game for a long time. But one thing is you can't be too stubborn because if you, you're stubborn in this game, you will get left behind, not yeah. by choice. Just like this shit will pass you by. So, you know I mean? You got to just stay ahead of the time, stay ahead of the curve, yeah. and just work hard, man. That's the best advice I can give to you. Any DJ right now going through it. Yeah, and and any DJs out there, don't be discouraged, you know, if you only got five viewers, you know, in your chat room, that's five more than you had. You know, exactly. So, so. It's better than zero. You know what I'm saying? Like just think about it. There was a time where we would DJ in our rooms for nobody. So it's like if you got five people in the room, if those five people are passionate, those five people can feel like 50, 500 people. So treat those five people like the 500 or 5,000 because that five could turn it to 10 yeah. and that 10 yeah. could turn it to 1,000 that 1,000 could turn it to 10,000. And it's happened. Yeah. It's proof. That, it's that word of mouth is powerful. Word, no, of, word mouth of mouth is, is powerful. powerful. But also another thing that Franny taught me too as far as like just what's going on is consistency. Like I wake up, I don't even go, I don't even go see, but just think about this. I DJ every day after Franny. I'm talking about at 4 a.m. Like, 4 a.m. is not an easy hour to get motivated and start be like, all right, I'm ready to go at 4 a.m. in my house. Like, that's some of the hardest work I've ever had to do, but it's also rewarding at the same time. Like, this shit is damn near more tiring than me jumping on a plane going to Dubai. Like, this shit is just as tiring. Doing it from, you want to like, tell them the Dubai story? Oh, man, I'm banned <laughs> from Dubai. That's another story, right? Hey, I'm shout out to Moki. Dubai, shout out to Moki out there in Dubai, too. Yo, man. shout out my brother Moki. So I'm banned from Dubai for 100 years. I can't go back to Dubai for 100 years because <laughs> I had weed in my pocket accidentally. <laughs> Crazy. I'm fucking sick. And I had to talk my way into staying in the country. And it was, yo, the crazy thing is when they're going through my, my luggage, I'm laughing at them. I'm thinking, there's nothing in my pants. I'm laughing at this lady as she's looking through my stuff. When she pulls out the weed, my heart dropped. She pulls out a little piece of a blunt. I'm trying to talk. I'm talking about there's nothing coming out of my mouth. Like, I'm trying to say something and nothing is coming out of my mouth. Like, I'm just thinking locked up abroad. How am I going <laughs> to get home? Do I know my mom's phone number? Is the U.S. Embassy going to bail me out? Because DJ Esco then told me the story three times. So I'm just thinking yeah. the worst case scenario in my mind. I remember those stories. <laughs> He said he didn't know he when he was gonna get out. Yeah, That's he was. How long did he go he down? He didn't know when he was gonna get out, and he had to have a warlord or like one of the local guys actually put a word of recommendation for him to get out. Yikes! 
wild. But yeah, on just on that note, if you ever go to Dubai, make sure you have no weed. You have your no weed, guys. <laughs> no weed. Ray, you won't be going anytime soon, man. Huh? You won't be going anytime soon, bro. Oh no, my hundred and thirty seventh birthday will be out there if we make it, man. So just make sure you RSVP right now. <laughs> <laughs> yo, guys, it's been it's been a blessed, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate hey, yo, y'all for real, man. Hey, thank you guys. And hopefully, um, when this is all over, man, we could set something up. The friends are not the show in the UK, man. I can't wait. Yes, sir. We need to. We need to. That's only right. We we you ended the quarantine. Well, you started the quarantine, so hopefully when it ends, right. you can come back. Yeah. Definitely. Appreciate y'all too, for real, man. Like I said, appreciate y'all. Always doing quality stuff, quality work, man. And quality business too. Most important, quality business. (laughs) Yeah, reputation is everything, man. You already know. know. We know how this industry is. There's a lot of people that talk and don't follow through. So, man, we appreciate you guys. That's real. Keep it moving.